Just say, I love you. I love you. I love you. Here in the building, if you love the Lord, just tell him. Just say, I love you, God. I love you, God. Yeah. God, you're so good. You're so mighty. I love you, Lord. 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 Someone says, Jesus, I love you because you care. And I heard that in my head just went back to earlier this week when my mother was fussing at me because I haven't called my, my grandparents in a little while. And, and you know, it's, it's not because I don't love them. It's not because I don't care. It's just life be happening, amen? <laughs> One thing leads to the other, and the other thing leads to the other, and you have good intentions, and you want to show folk you care, but a lot of times it just, you know, what they say, charge it to my head and not my... But the way Jesus cares for us, <laughs> he cares for us in a way that he's always thinking of us. We're always on his mind. So while the lyrics may seem simple, Jesus, I love you because you care. My God, it hits harder when you think of it like that. He, we love you, God, because you care for us in a way that we don't have to charge it to your head and not your heart because you're always doing for us. You're always moving for us. You're always waking us up, starting us on our way. You've kept me in my right mind with a reasonable portion of health and strength. You keep moving on my behalf. You keep looking out for me. You keep making sure everything's okay in my life. You keep being right there when I need you. Right there to listen to me when I'm praying to you. Right there, God, when I'm crying out to you, you're there. Because you care for me. Lift those hands in this house. There's a word from the Lord. We're going forward. But lift those hands in this house. And just give God your glory. right? Just, Lord, just tell him you. thank you. Just, just you, worship you. him real quick. Just lift him up. Thank give you, him God. the highest yes, praise. Because nobody, nobody can care for nobody. you the way yes, our God cares for you, us. God. Nobody can nobody. care for you the way he cares for you. Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Glory to your name. Glory to your name, Father. Lord, we love you, God. Thank you, God. Glory to your name, Father. Yes, God. Glory to your name, Father. Yes, thank you, Jesus. God, I was searching for somebody who would listen and act like they care about me, but the whole time you was watching me, God. Yes, God. The whole time you were caring for me, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, give God a hand, praise. Thank you for caring for me, Jesus. Let's do it. Let's give this time. Give a hand praise for our praise and worship team, Minister Sheree. 
Brett over there tickling them keys. We thank God. We thank God for our worship team. Amen. It feels good in here. I'm sorry. I ain't stuck or nothing. It just feels really good in here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. You're worthy, you God. you watch it at home, you should have registered. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You should have got in here for this one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we love yes, you, God. God. We love you, Lord. Give honor to God. Amen. Thank you, God. Life. I thank God for it. So good. Space and opportunity you, to stand before you. Amen. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm leaning heavily on thank the Holy you, Spirit. Because yes, lean on him. Pastor Henderson preached us happy last week. Yes, Amen. he did. Had a good time in here last week. Amen. And we just want to go further. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give honor to my pastor. Amen. Pastor Swims. My first family. We thank God for taking them. Taking them on holiday. That's how they say it in England. They, they took them on the holiday. Amen. <laughs> brought them back safely. Amen. We thank God for that and for the opportunity to stand before you to share what God has placed on my heart. Amen. The book of Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 16th through the 25th verse. And we're going to read that. If you're here, you stand on your feet. Amen. It's just a little reading. Amen. It ain't a whole lot, but I believe you can handle it. If you can't, you're not going to go to hell if you sit down. Amen? just want to make it clear. You know, sometimes, you know, the pastor said, don't do the preacher, don't do it. Nah, it's all right. If you got to sit down, sit down. It's fine. Um, if you're at home, you want to stand up to reverence God's word, feel free. Amen. And it reads, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, adultery, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong in Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, the reading of your word. We ask right now, God, that I decrease and that you increase and that you have your good and perfect way in this house. It's in Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Come on, shout hallelujah as you take your seat. Amen, amen, amen. God is married to the church. 
God is married to the church. We are the church. God is married to his people. And naturally speaking, in, in marriage, things can get a little messy. Amen. We tend to allow things to get in between our relationship with someone else. Amen. Amen. We let stuff get in the way. Uh, she don't do stuff like she used to do it. Amen. Uh-huh. She don't she don't cook hot meals every day like she used to. We she only cooked twice and we eat leftovers all the other days. <laughs> she don't do like she used to when we first got married. She used to, what would you like for dinner, honey? Felt like I was at a restaurant. But but now she don't do I ain't talking about Sharonda, by the way. I hope y'all don't think I hope y'all don't think some of y'all was looking around. Where she, is she here? Where's she at? <laughs> He don't do what he used to do. He don't treat me the way he used to treat me. He used to open my door. He used to make sure I was okay. I used to wake up and he'd say, good morning, my queen. But he don't do those things anymore. And instead of us addressing those type of issues, we begin to revert back to how we used to be before marriage. We start stepping back to someone that we were before we were connected to this other person. Mm -hmm. And I believe the same thing is true for our personal relationship with Christ. I believe the same thing is true for our relationship with God because it is a relationship. Amen. So my subject this morning is couples therapy. Somebody say couples therapy. Oh, you say it louder than that. Say couples therapy. If you're at home and you heard it come through your speakers, just put in the comments, say couples therapy, couples therapy. <clears throat> Listen, a lot has happened lately that can cause us not to be as committed to our relationship with God as we once were. Amen. If we're honest, a lot of stuff has been going on here these past year and a half, couple years. Yeah, we've been dealing with a pandemic. That's Seems to be the least of your worries. Don't be in the pandemic and black at the same time. Lord, you're really dealing with some stuff then. Because we've got police shootings and, and hatred and racism popping up here and there. And it's just a lot going on that can cause division between your relationship with God. The pandemic hit. Church looks different now. Some of us haven't been around our church family, so our accountability ain't what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Folks you used to see every week, every Sunday, you don't see them anymore. And now you're at home and you've gotten comfortable. And some folk, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, y'all don't look at Pastor when I say this. But sometimes I get nervous and I'm thinking, man, folk ain't coming back to church. Can I keep it real? It makes me a little bit nervous, just a little bit, because, you know, we make it so comfortable for you to watch it instead of, getting dressed and coming and being amongst the people that I think some folk think it's cool and you don't have to worship amongst the body of believers. And while, yes, it is true that you can turn your house into a worship atmosphere, yes, it is true that you can have folks shouting and praising God right in your living room. You really can. And I hope that you do. I hope that you welcome the presence of God in your house. But what, don't, what, don't you think that it's better if you come together with a body of believers in a place that was specifically designed and built with God in mind, that was specifically built and designed for you to come in and give your worship to him? Somebody say, Holy. Yeah, this building has been set apart for worship. 
Hallelujah. So it don't look like it used to look. But even though a lot has changed around us, God is still the same God. And God is still requiring a relationship with him through the Holy Spirit. Somebody say couples therapy. And we say it different ways. You know, we all, you know, we talk different. We say, I know the Lord. I know Jesus. He's my friend. Do you know him? I do. You know, we talk nuts. You know how we are. Amen. And we, we, we say different things. And, and I have a relationship with God. But let's, let's break it down so that there is no confusion about how you really have a relationship with God. So in the beginning, God created everything. He created the heavens and the earth. Amen. Do you agree? Amen. He created the heavens. He created the earth. He created the animals and the trees and the, the, the foliage, amen, the berries, the, the apples. He created everything. Amen. And then he created man. He created people. He created us. We're here because God created us. Amen. And then the great fall happened and sin entered the world and God realized that we have to do something. Sacrifice has to take place in order for my people to have relationship with me. So he sent his son to be the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have relationship with him. So his son came and he died for our sins. And before he died, it says in John the 14th chapter, the 16th and the 17th verse, because I don't want y'all to think I'm just talking and we're going to put a word behind it. Amen. It says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you. And now, <clears throat> excuse me, because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah for the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is explaining to them that, that when I leave here, a comforter is on the way. Amen. That's the same Holy Spirit that lives within us. That is the same Holy Spirit that lives within us. So here it is. Our relationship is with God through his son Jesus because of our faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our relationship is with God through his son, by faith, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the part of our relationship that gets neglected. The Holy Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say couples therapy. Couples therapy. Come on, put it in the chat. Couples therapy. When your natural relationship is in trouble you got to sit back and look at it you got to really step outside of it and look at things and say what's changed here what's different why aren't things the way that they used to be why 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 is this happening what's going on what's happening here and then one issue that causes separation in our relationships is is something that you know it's simple but it really it, it's it's really an issue somebody say communication communication Communication. We don't talk the way we used to. Yeah, life gets in the way, just like I was saying with <laughs> talking to my mom earlier this week. Life gets in the way. Things happen. And you stop communicating the way that you used to. And sometimes it gets worse, and you, you don't communicate at all. You just talk at people. Yeah, you don't talk for reason of understanding. You talk just to be heard. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you talk so that so that you can get something off of your chest. You didn't had a long day. You need to unload on somebody. So now you're just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And that person turns from a person to a trash can, and you're literally unloading on them everything that has been going on in your day, and you're not making space to have communication. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we are just listening for a space in a break in their conversation or in their talk so that we can interject something. And some of y'all, that interjection is, all right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> or, or, okay, well, uh, I got to go. Or, <laughs> or some of y'all hang up on people and then text them, my battery died. You know you be doing that. Stop acting like you don't. <laughs> But you stop talking to communicate, and you just want to be heard. You don't listen to support. You listen to take your turn to talk. And some people talk so much that <laughs> I ain't gonna say. I ain't gonna. Okay, some people talk so much, amen, that you literally wait for them to stop talking. So you can be like, all right, bro, I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> Just for an exit of good. And you know what? If they've never done that, it's probably because you that person. Amen. <laughs> that person is you. We do God the same way. We do the same thing to God. You used to pray about everything. Anybody remember when you first got saved? Everything was about Jesus. You wake up in the morning, good morning, Jesus. How you doing? You get your clothes on. God, thank you. These pants still fit the same way they fit a couple months ago. Amen. <laughs> you, you, you washing yourself up. You're getting ready. You're going to work. Thank God I got a car. Thank God for transportation. Lord, thank you for this job. Just everything you do, you communicating with Jesus. Communication with Jesus. You're constantly talking to him. Good morning. How are you, Jesus? But our communication has become a one-way request line. Yeah, you're not talking for communication anymore. You're talking to give request to the Lord. What happened to your praise? What happened to your adoration for God? What happened to God? I thank you for just being who you are. What happened to God? I thank you because you're good. What happened to God? I thank you for caring for me when it looked like nobody else cared. What happened to God? I thank you for opening doors that I know I ain't open on my own. Or God, I thank you for giving me the strength to get from here to there because I thought I couldn't make it. What, what happened to that type of communication with God to where you just adored him for being there? Now, every time we want to talk to him, it's because we've got trouble in our or we need him to do something for us. Naturally speaking, how would you feel if your spouse or your loved one or someone that you care very deeply about only reached out to you when they needed something from you? Somebody say couples therapy. Communication with the Holy Spirit is essential for living this life. It's essential for living this life. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us. Somebody say leads and guides us. 
One of the biggest issues we have in life is direction. One of the biggest issues we have in life is direction. Everybody in this room has had a moment where you're sitting there trying to figure out, should I go left or should I go right? Should I go to this college? Should I go to the other college? Or should I just get this job? Should I marry this person or should I walk away from them? Should I go to Texas? Should I go to Nashville? Should I stay in Carbondale? We, we've got decisions. That which, thank you, sir. Yes, the one. That's the place. That's the place. But if you're in Carbondale, team hope well for life. Amen. <laughs> Direction is one of the biggest things that we deal with in life. Relationship solves those issues with direction in your life. Because the Holy Spirit leads and it guides us. Paul tells us in Galatians to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. Let the Holy Spirit guide, guide our lives. Let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. So Paul is doing two things here. One, he's telling you how to get answers to the questions you have in life as far as direction is concerned. And he's also letting us know that in order for God to lead and guide us, we have to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. We have to let him do it. We have to let him do it. Relationship solves that. Paul tells us in Galatians, the 16th verse, sinful nature gets in the way of the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Watch this. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Well, I ain't going to pray about this move. I'm just going just gonna to do what I feel is the best thing to do. I'm not going to pray about taking this job. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to do it and, and ask God to guide my footsteps. You know how silly you sound to God when you say <laughs> something like that? God, I'm going to make my own decision and just pray that you make the decision for me. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. This is what this means. You may spend, I don't know, out of the week, a few hours thinking about a decision. You may spend more than that. Maybe it's a couple hours a day thinking about which way you should go, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. That little time that you're spending, the entire time on the inside of you, those two things are literally warring against each other. The sinful nature and the Holy Spirit fighting for your attention and which direction you should go. This is what this means. You are not free to carry out your good intention. Regardless of how good you think a decision is, it's either one or the other. You're either doing what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do, or you're going by your sinful nature. 
And the only way you can hear the sinful nature, or excuse me, hear the Holy Spirit clearly, is if your relationship with the Holy Spirit is where it needs to be. Somebody say couples therapy. Because there's no in-between. You're either going God's way or you're going the sinful nature way. And here's another thing that causes separation. And really, it leads us to that. It says sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. Now, I know y'all like saying that word. Oh, Lord, sacrifice. What you mean? Naturally speaking, what have you done for me lately? Ooh. Y'all yeah. know this. Quit acting like you don't know this. Y'all know the song. Y'all know the song. Don't sing it in here. You better put on Kim Burrell when you get in the car. <laughs> What have you done for me lately? You used to go out of your way to surprise her, you know. You used to take extra effort. You used to make extra steps to show her that you really care. You used to sacrifice your time. You used to sacrifice your money, amen, your time, your energy, and simply because you love them and you want them to know that you're thinking about them. That's a sacrifice. What have we done for God lately. Let me, let me reword it. What have you sacrificed for God lately? What have you sacrificed for God? When is the last time you chose God over flesh or God over your sinful desires? When is the last time you chose God over your sinful nature? That's pretty much what fasting is, by the way. It's not missing meals. You're not just pushing back the plate, but you're, you're literally saying, God, I want you more than I want to nourish my body. You're saying, God, I want you more than I want to get on social media. God, I want you more than I want to watch TV or play PlayStation. Help me, Lord. You say, you say, I'm keeping it real, amen. You're saying, God, I want you more than I want with my, with my body craze, with my flesh craze, with my sinful nature craze. I want you more. Sacrifice. And we don't talk about sacrifice much because we feel like we're losing something if we are sacrificing something. But, but here's what happens when we choose to please the Holy Spirit by sacrificing our sinful nature. We hear God more clearly. We hear God more clearly. This takes us right back to direction. We hear God more clearly. So if you're not hearing God clearly, we know God is not the author of confusion. If you don't know what to do, you need to be sacrificing some stuff so that you can get closer to God and allow his Holy Spirit to lead and to guide you. We hear God more clearly. And just to be clear, because some of us think that when we hear God, it's going to sound like Morgan Freeman. We, we want to hear God, you know, we think he's going to sound like, you know, Mufasa Simba. We think we're going to hear, you know, where is my son, Prince Akeem? You know, we think we're going to hear something real deep and, and bolsterous that's going to just stop everything and shout in your ear. And that's, that's why a lot of us be like, God, don't talk to me. I don't hear from God. I don't understand. But it's a nudging or a prompting in your spirit. Because listen, the Holy Spirit talks to our spirit so we feel the results. 
We feel the results. Those results are the fruits of the Spirit that the Bible tells us that we produce from a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we should, excuse me, we show God that we desire him more than our flesh. We show him we desire him more than our flesh. How good do you feel when someone chooses you over something else that they really want? How good does that feel when you know somebody wanted to do something, but instead they chose you? Imagine how God feels knowing, and he knows firsthand because he sent his son, knowing what sinful nature feels like, and you choose to please him rather than succumb to sinful nature. Somebody say couples therapy. So why should I work on my relationship with the Holy Spirit? Why can't I just keep doing things the way I've been doing them? Why can't I just wake up Sunday morning when I get ready and scroll down my timeline and see who's in church and listen to a couple of messages until they say something I don't like, and then I switch to another one until they say something I don't like, and then... I start, you know, by that time it's 11, so I'll look for T.D. Jakes or, you know, the big preachers who I can't be at their church. You know, where them Texas preachers at? I want to get in them services. You know, you know how we do. Don't act like you, you ain't did it before. Amen. But <laughs> so why should I? Why should I work on my relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because you got to understand these fruits of the Spirit, you can't have them without relationship of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are looking for peace, but you can't have peace without God. Some of us are looking for love, but you can't have love without God. Those things are fruits that are developed through your relationship with God. Those things are fruits that are developed developed through your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can't have peace without God. Let me put scripture with it because I ain't just talking, but John the 15th chapter, the 4th and 5th verse says, Abide in me. And I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Somebody say nothing. So why should I work on this relationship the Holy Spirit, because I want the fruits of the Spirit in my life. Why should I work on my relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because I want to be sure that I'm in his will for my life. Direction comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not from him. It's from our sinful nature that works. Excuse me, if it's not from him, it's from our sinful nature which works in direct contradiction to the Holy Spirit. So why should I work on my relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because I want to make sure that I am not living in sin. We have, I don't know how we do this. I don't know how things have become the way that they are. But we have a way of making up our own doctrine of what is right and what is wrong in the eyes of God. (laughs) 
but he is the way, the truth. And all you got to do is really have a relationship with him, and he will lead and guide you into what's right, into what's wrong, into what you should do and what you shouldn't do. But we don't really have real relationship. But I want to make sure I'm not living in sin. The Holy Spirit helps us deal with sin. You know, we want to say that we're saved or in a relationship with God, but we act in single. What's worse is that we we sin and then we just say, well, it's covered in grace. Grace got me. I'm cool. Grace is there. Grace is there. Favor is there. I'm cool. I ain't worried about it. And we continue living any kind of way without changed behavior, without changed behavior. But if you continue to succumb to your sinful nature, the Bible tells us that you are not walking into the kingdom of God. So there has to be a point when you decide against sinful nature and to receive the Holy Spirit and walk more in his favor. What did God save you from? And this is just a moment where we really need to check ourselves. Me too, amen. I ain't up here perfect. But what has God saved you from? Because if it's the same sin you continue to choose to live in, then he didn't save you from it. If you keep choosing to stay there. Now, I know this is hot and heavy. and I get it. But it's important that we really understand this because that sin, it separates us from God. It separates us from the Holy Spirit. And I get it. I know what the word says. The Holy Spirit won't leave you. God will never leave you, never forsake you. He, he sent his son. His son died for your sins and the sins that you will commit today, tomorrow, and the ones you committed yesterday. Yes, he saved you. He gave you the Holy Spirit. He did that. I promise he did. But the word tells us that sin in our lives will quench the Holy Spirit or it'll grieve the Holy Spirit. It'll quench the Holy Spirit or it will grieve the Holy Spirit. So what are those things? What does that mean? Quench means to put out or cool suddenly. And grieve means to cause distress. Listen, it will be terrible to live with the access to the Holy Spirit, but allow sin to erase its benefits from your life. It would be insane to sit there after God has paved the way for you. Send his son to die for everything you're going to do and all the stuff that you did. And then give you access to him in a way that you have direction. Watch this. You'll get peace. You'll get love. You'll have joy. You'll have long suffering so you can deal with these crazy children you got. That one was for me. Amen. I love my babies. Amen. You have patience. To have access to all of this stuff that every day we get up and pray for. God help me on my job because they're getting on my nerves. God help me deal with my child because they, they keep choosing to do wrong and I want them to do right. God help me in my marriage because I, I need it to succeed and I know that you have for it to succeed and I know you can do this for me. We, we have access to all of this stuff but choose to live in sinful nature. It would be terrible to live with the access to the Holy Spirit, but allow sin to erase its benefits from your life. 
So why should I work on my relationship with the Holy Spirit? Somebody say couples therapy. Because he deserves all that I can give him. After all God has done for me, after saving me from a sin-cursed life, after keeping me, after protecting me, after blessing me with blessings on top of blessings on top of blessings on top of blessings, and all that don't mean I'm rich. It just means I could be somewhere laid out and stretched out. I could be dead. I could be gone from here. I could be broken, homeless. But but the blessings of God continue to follow me. But God has continued to be good. on. And the fact of the matter is that I don't deserve it. And don't be all big talking about that's right, you sure don't, because you don't deserve it either. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't deserve it. Come on, if you at home put in the comments, you don't deserve it. But he's still been good to you. The least we could do is live according to the path that he's walked out for us. The least we could do is live our lives according to what God has already played out for us, what he's already made for us, the way that he's already made. So, and I'm finished. How do I apply this to my life? I need my relationship with the Holy Spirit to be strong every single day. Every single day. I can't just live this life on Sunday. Because I can't do this thing by myself. I can't live in a world that is against me by myself. I can't live... In the world where inside of me there's constantly a war going on between sinful nature and the Holy Spirit. I can't do that alone. I can't do that by myself. In my job, I, I deal with um, a lot of code violations and folks that break the law on a regular basis with Carbondale, uh, City of Carbondale Code. And... There's a particular street in a particular neighborhood, because I'm not finna say it. Y'all probably drive by there. Ooh, he right. No, I ain't going to do that. Amen. <laughs> that is bad. Because some of y'all bold. You roll down the window. In the name of Jesus. Don't do that. You don't do that. <laughs> but I have a house in a certain neighborhood on a certain block that I have been watching for some time because they have several code violations that they break on a daily basis. I've talked to them. I've sent notices, written tickets. I've done all type of stuff to try to get them code compliant. And I was telling my wife about it one day because that's what we do. We tell our spouses about our jobs and stuff to get on our nerves. And she said, you're talking about the house that's across the street from another house that's had their trash can on the curb for about two weeks. I said, what? What you talking about? Because I do my job. I know what I <laughs> I see stuff. I know how to take care of things when I see it. Amen. So I drove by there with my head big, thinking, you know, I'm great at my job. And sure enough, there that trash can is sitting. And while that may not seem big, it's still a code violation. It's still wrong. And it's still something that I'm supposed to deal with. I said all that to say this. I was so consumed with one big issue, I didn't see the other issue that was right there that could grow to something bigger. 
Because as others are watching this one break that code violation, then they're saying, hey, I could do it too. So that will become other code violations that I have to deal with down the line. We can't live life by ourselves because we don't have the ability to see all the stuff in our lives that we've got to deal with. Let me say it like this. We need a relationship with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you. What does that mean? That means that, yes, you got stuff that you're going through in your life that you're praying for, that you're on your knees, you're saying, God, help fix this, fix this, fix this. But the Holy Spirit that entire time is also going to God about stuff that you don't know is going to hit you. Stuff you don't know is on the way to take you out. Stuff that you don't realize the devil is forming against you to knock you down and to take you out of here. But because the Holy Spirit is making intercession for you, why wouldn't you have a relationship with someone who's watching all over you? Every area of your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. I need God to guide my footsteps. I need God to help me make decisions. And if my relationship is not right with God, I'm not in his will. And if I'm not in his will, I can't expect all things to work together for me. If I'm not in his will, I can't expect him to show up and show out. He probably still will on your behalf. But when your relationship is right, and you're walking in the will of God, and you're living for him, then you can stand in expectation, knowing that whatever comes my way, my God is going to make a way for me. My God is going to show up and show out for me. So I want to pray real quick for those that need a stronger relationship with the Holy Spirit. You may be here, you may be online, and you may have been thinking that all I need to do is confess my sins and say, God, forgive me which is all true, and then just keep living life any kind of way. But what you're leaving out is the relationship with the Holy Spirit that is essential for living in a sin-cursed world. So right here, raise your hands. And even at home, raise your hands. We can't see you, but guess who sees you? <laughs> God sees you. And we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. God, we thank you first for being Alpha and Omega. God, we thank you for creating this world. We thank you for creating us. We thank you for being the God of creation. And God, we even thank you for sending your son to die for the sins that we have committed, that we are committing, and that we will commit later. And God, we thank you that you not only sent him to die for those sins, but you allowed him to die so that we would have a way to have power to abstain from those sins, oh God. God, we thank you for sending him to give us access to your Holy Spirit. And we ask right now, oh God, that you help us choose you over our sinful nature. We ask God that you help us and that you have your way in our lives.
us. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. We say amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for this space and opportunity. Let's say amen to pastor.